0: Hey, get in close here. Do y'all remember that one time at that one place with that one guy who said he wasn't much of a transfer portal fella? Well, turns out, maybe you ain't gotta be a portal guy if you can be the keep him out of the portal guy. Hashtag America, go pokes and Mike Gundy. All right, all right, all right. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you for stabbing by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. We're available on all of your podcasting platforms, visually as well on YouTube. Find me personally on Twitter, at all Day of state Today, we're personally brought to you by LinkedIn. It's a completely high-stakes wager and crapshoot to find the right people today. Make sure LinkedIn is your best source to find the right team for you faster and faux free. Make sure you go to LinkedIn.com today. LinkedIn Locked On College. Here we go. So when we think of the transfer portal as it pertains to Mike Gundy, he himself has said, not a big fan of the portal. And we've said on this program, as has many others, it's not necessarily great, right, the direction that everything is going. But you have to make the most of the situation you are in. And we, unfortunately, it seems to be, are in a position that no matter what direction the NCAA or college football seems to go, that we're in a pretty good place moving forward. And we also learned last year that unfortunately uh, there was guys that committed to Oklahoma state via the transfer portal that Mike Gundy wasn't even all that privy to, you know, them committing or or, or becoming Oklahoma state Cowboys. And it was a little troublesome, but then you also got to take into consideration Gundy did give a lot of credit to the staff and the staff is the one that helped kind of put all this together, including the analysts and recruiting coordinators that don't exactly do the on the field stuff. But Last year, we went through what most people deem to be a disastrous scenario, losing 25, 26 transfers and then have to bring in, you know, 2022 type of dudes. But halfway through the season, Mike Gundy was able to pull something off that doesn't happen, right? 2%, 5%. We've had that, that percentage of conversations of how often a team can rebound, rebuild, and kind of reconstruct everything. Darn near midseason, super rare. So, again, we like to give credit. Credit's due. Mike Gunn, he deserves some credit there. He also deserves some credit for the fact that they're right here, right now, you're hearing basically good news. Basically all good news. Now, we did have an offensive lineman decide that he was going to transfer, which caught me off guard a little bit. It's the fella that I have a hard time pronouncing his name. I do, in fact, believe he's from Broken Arrow, though. He was one of two freshmen that was legitimately vying for a participation in the two deep three deep rotation and yeah you know, so him and jack and dean were two freshmen that looked to be vying for blank time but again good news we've now heard that jason queso brooks is also coming back we've also heard that dalton cooper is 100 percent coming back he didn't necessarily get to make a big to do about it because he spent partial time of his uh, his time off not feeling so hot but You got Jason Queso Brooks back. You got Joe Mahalski back. You got Dalton Cooper back. It appears as though Cole Birmingham's ready to rock. It appears as though Taylor Materico ought to make another run at this thing. Plus, you do have the other freshman tackle in Jack and Dean that's still squared away. We've got sixth-year starting center, fifth-year starting guard, sixth-year starting guard, sixth-year starting tackle. Sign, seal, deliver right here, right now. Plus... We've got like 99% of Ollie Gordon. Now, here's the the 99% there. I'm sure you would have guessed that there's teams in the SEC, and they've put up so much cash dollar bill, potentially, to Ollie that he would at least need to entertain a conversation. But as we sit here right here right now, Ollie Gordon is still participatory in getting the offensive lineman more money, which is precisely... While you're seeing all of the offensive linemen thus, thus far, like 90% of the old linemen coming back, we're losing one that was a freshman that we could have popped on the, the duty, but it is what it is. I like what we have coming in. Um, you, you, We've already kind of talked a little bit about Caleb Hackman. I think he's going to be a really good addition, and I do think he has a lot of the same versatility and traits that, uh, that Jack and Dean does. Right And and Jack and Dean was able to slide in immediately. Again, from the wide receiver perspective, we're hearing Jay, uh, uh, obviously Jaden Bray's gone, Blaine Green's gone, but BP seems to be coming back. And then you've got Dijon Stribling coming back. You've got Talon Shetron ready to rock and roll and run this thing back. So from a wide receiver core perspective, we're not even getting to take into consideration the young dudes that have been emerging throughout the entirety of the season, some young cats, some freshmen, some registered freshmen, a sophomore. These guys are pushing for playing time, and here's who they're pushing. They're pushing guys like Stribling, BP, and then you got to take into consideration Rashad Owens, Leon Johnson, Jaden Bray, and then, of course, Talon Shetran. There's a reason that we got Trey Griffiths. He was the guy. After we got Trey Griffiths, the wide receiver for this 2024 class, you've noticed there hasn't been an overabundance of of wide receiver targets because we like what we have depth-wise. And and again, the conversations and lack of direction last year were the issue. That's not the issue. Everybody already knows what the preparation is going to look like with additional time off to get ready for Texas A&M. They know that's going to be the catalyst to kind of set the tone, especially for some of the young guys that are going to get a little bit of extra time. So we're going to see a little bit of that. But this 2024 mission is already started. The lack of communication is gone. The lack of direction is gone. Everybody knows what we're doing, where we're going, and what we're going to look like when we do it. Plus, we have death. So if you notice, for those uh, seeing the, the camera version, we're rocking the Big 12 title hat. And the reason we're rocking the Big 12 title hat is because maybe we should have had another one in 2021, for sure. This year, the Big 12 title game was a phenomenal experience, but I mean, Texas is okay. They are, they are, they are who we thought they were, right? And I do think they have the ability to make a run at the whole daggone thing. Don't know exactly how to feel about it. I mean, yeah, it is what it is. But anyway, if we continue down this trajectory, we've had conversations about Texas high school coaching circles and how sometimes they thought Gundy was a little disingenuous and things of that nature, and they didn't really know what, what they would get if they sent their kids to Oklahoma State. That conversation is shifting. The conversation inside the locker room has already, already shifted. It's done. We're preparing for Texas A&M, but after Texas A&M, everybody already has the the, the blueprint for what we're going to do in 2024. So if you want to call the, the epitome of hitting the ground running, that's what we're going to do. With or without Alan Bowman, but now you're 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 hearing it. We've been talking about it for a while, but it is starting to get out a little bit more that he's likely to get his, his seventh year granted, right? And that definitely has implications, it has has wrinkles. So I think that definitely some good parts for sure, but there's also a little bit of a slight reservation. But before we get to uh jump into the Alan Bowman situation, ladies and gentlemen. You know LinkedIn is the best that you're going to find for hiring because today's world is kind of crazy. The hiring world is a little bit different than it was previously. Sometimes you got to make sure the experience and the validation, it all lines up, and LinkedIn Jobs is the right team, builds your team faster and for free. They have all the tools to help you. It's not just your run-of-the-mill job board, y'all. They've got a vast network with more than a billion professionals. With A, B, it makes the perfect place for you to hire. Hiring is easy when you have so many quality candidates. This is why 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within the first 24 hours. Thankfully, LinkedIn is the process that makes life so much more intuitive, innovative, quick, and easy for you. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. Again, that is LinkedIn.com slash college. Go there now to post your job faster and so free Terms and conditions do, in fact, apply. The applicable seventh year for Alan Bowman appears to be a thing. Okay. We've had several conversations um about this. Now, what we haven't necessarily discussed is implication-wise. I mean, we've alluded to the fact that one of my fears, just me personally is that if Bowman does come back, then maybe we've got some young guys that may need to have deeper conversations than they thought previously. But I also feel like even the young quarterbacks that know they're 100% good enough right here, right now to start, I think if Alan Bowman were to come back for another year, a seventh year, I think it's a great idea under the stipulation that it's a real competition again I know that's not what everybody wants to hear and I know that's definitely not what Mike Gundy wants to do but once again guys there's a reason there was a competition well what ended up winning out for Alan Bowman is his knowledge of the option route concepts and his ability necessarily to not you know throw a lot of picks but if you look at the Stats coming into the game, he had, I believe, 10 tutties and 10 touchdowns, 11 picks coming into the Big 12 title game. So it's not exactly like the game management was bad for this season. And my fear is that we don't really need a whole extra amount at quarterback, possibly this coming season as well. Because if you're returning, again, 85% of the roster, And you've got some incoming freshmen that are definitely good enough to compete for the 2-3-D. You don't really need a quarterback to set the world on fire. But again, this is where the conversation, in my opinion, shifts. Is Alan Bowman good enough to lead us back to Arlington? Yes. Is Alan Bowman good enough to maybe win in Arlington? That I I don't think so. That part of it, I just he's playing the game for so long. He's seen so many different systems. He's seen so many different defenses. He's seen so many different disguises. He's seen almost everything on film you could expect him to see. And I do know that him being safe and throwing the ball away, throwing the ball into the crowd and all that stuff, that is stuff that Mike Gundy does prefer. Again, that's the scary part. If you look at historical this means that Alan Bowman, if he were to return, would be the shoe-in, tried and true, day one, no matter what starter. And I think that would be the wrong move. Because in Gundy's ability to retain guys from entering the portal, this is the next layer of that. Now, if you look not only at Oklahoma State, but across the nation, a large portion of transfers don't exactly get what they ask for, right? The greener, pastor, is typically not greener on the other side. Uh, but Bowman coming back, it could be great if even he is understanding, able, available, willing to be helpful no matter what shakes out. Because whether it be Garrett Rangel or Zane Flores. Or even if Milwaukee Smith is just that good. If there's a, a, a decent difference, you got to roll with that to go with all this talent. So let, let's retrace the Big 12 championship hat. We all thought we'd have more than one, right? 2011 likely could have been that year. That was the year that we saw either the first or second best defense in Oklahoma State history. And then offensively, we did a lot of no gas, all breaks, a lot of kicks, a lot of punts, a lot of field goals, we just let our defense eat, which, in my opinion, is what killed us in the Big 12 title game against Baylor. We should have, could have, maybe just took care of business. But the offensive creativity or ability to push the ball down the field and make opposing defenses sweat, that's a liability. And I think the defense this year showed some flashes of some crazy talent, some crazy ability. And we, we saw our first snub, I would say, in Nick Martin. If you look at the stats between Nick Martin and somebody who did make the All-American team and Danny Stutzman from OU, it's actually, it doesn't even make a lot of sense, guys. It doesn't make a lot of sense at all. Like, Danny Stetsman's a good linebacker, but Nick Martin demolishes him in, like, every category. 133 tackles, 77 solo. That's Nick Martin. Danny Stetsman's, like, 97 tackles. And I know he missed a couple games, but Nick Martin's that good. And now he gets to play with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder coming back this coming season. That's going to be fun. Plus Justin Wright. Plus Lyric Rawls plus Cam Epps, plus probably Trey Rucker. I mean, we don't need a big flash in the pants quarterback, but we all agree that the Big 12 title game next year should be the expectation, yeah? Okay, right? So if that's the expectation and we have get we're receiving this many people back why wouldn't we be pushing for higher well we should be 12 team playoff format takes effect we should be squarely in that correct if we play in the big 12 title game we win the big 12 title game i would say if you lose in the big 12 title game i mean that would hurt so much but even if that were the case if you're like 11 and 1 you lose the big 12 title game you could still get in that 12 team playoff so if that is the objective in my opinion it should be Objective one, win the Big 12. Got it. But we should be setting our sights higher. And in my opinion, it's the guys behind Alan Bowman that can do a little bit more, a little bit extra in crucial times to offensively allow us to match the, the youthful, exuberant talent on the defensive side of the ball. So to me, it just depends on what you want. Now, again, if Alan Bowman is willing to come back, and let's just say he comes back, he's a day one starter. But many of the things aren't clicking. And by week two, like three, he gets beat out, and he's not only fine with it, but he moves into that coaching style role. This is a the Trent Dilfer situation you love. But if he comes back and Gundy goes to the old school handbook, which is auto starter. No matter what happens, I don't think it's great. I I don't think it's great for the progress of that quarterback room. Now, we all know they love Tim Rattay. That's huge. But so you tell me. Let me know down in the comments section. What do you think Bowman coming back would be? Would it be good? Would it be slightly detrimental? If it's good, what are the conditions in your opinion that that would make it that way? Obviously, Stop, collaborate, listen, uh, hit the daggone like button, share it, comment, do all the the fun jazz. Subscribe, of course. My podcasting people out there, make sure you're traveling safe. Make sure you throw your Big 12 title hat on too because 2024 is looking pretty daggone good to be a cowboy. I tell you, sometimes it doesn't look good for everybody. Wear your orange and black proudly because there's some teams that wear orange that are a little down in the dumps today. But you don't have to be, because we can talk about FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook betting partner for a reason. And if you noticed, it's getting cold outside. But the NFL offers for FanDuel help you stay warmer. Right now, new customers get $150 back in bonus bets with any $5 winning Moneyline bet. That's $150 bucks back if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's not a better time for you to get in on the action. Get in now. All the getting is good. The app is safe, secure, super easy to use with a wide range of betting options, including player props, over, under, spreads, Heisman's, who's going to win the Super Bowl divisions and more by going to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is one word, locked on. Go to FanDuel.com slash on. Now to kick off. Your NFL money-making season with Fandle, the official partner of the NFL. We got some dudes that are NFL-bound, which is why they're not stressing and you're not seeing the clamoring out the door in Stillwater America. But as we've discussed before, we like to give teams a hard time. Okay, We've given our fair share of hard times to Oregon State in Washington State. But realistically, we've also talked about how it's not great for the game of football that we're in this position that we're in. It's not great for the conferences that teams like Washington State and Oregon State get left out of the picture, out of the big boy party per se. Now another team rocking orange. They've got some purple in there. All right. That's that's a bit confusing. But Could they be an Oregon State-Washington State situation? Well, mathematically, it looks that way. We talked yesterday about how great it would be if Miami ended up in the Big 12. If you got a Pitt, for sure. If you got even a Louisville, Virginia Tech. That style of situation, good for the Big 12. But nobody's really been talking about Clemson. Big 10, they don't really want them. The SEC doesn't really seem to want them to be moving anytime soon. So could Clemson end up in the Big 12? But here's the deal. We thought there was a good possibility that Oregon State, Washington State would get an invite to the Big 12 too, right? No way. These brands are playing good enough right now to get left out. And I know you do have to take the, the financials of the last decade, 12 years or so, into consideration for the TV viewership and all that fun jazz. I get that. But did anybody really think, at the end of the day, that teams like Washington State and Oregon State would get left out of the, the big boy club? Never in a day could I have imagined Clemson getting left out. Because if you do go back, let's say the last decade, they've been pretty solid. They've been pretty consistent. Winning titles kind of a big deal. So why the lack of love? Why is there more interest in North Carolina and Virginia than Clemson? What would adding Clemson and Miami do to the Big 12? If we're talking about more money, an instantaneous type of, uh, you know, credibility, Miami does that. Clemson does that. That's why the continued ascension of Oklahoma State needs to happen so we can validate part of that, as does the future success of Utah, BYU, K-State. Some of these teams that are going to have opportunities, I mean, let's face it, TCU and Baylor seem to meet the threshold if the NCAA were to step in and introduce like the top 60-64 type of team scenario only. So, Baylor and TCU, y'all need to get your act right. It would be sad to see teams like Clemson and Kansas State and Iowa State get left out. But let's say Baylor has another disastrous season, and they're in. I mean, come on now. I have some faith in TCU. I actually didn't see their nosedive quite as bad. Some people did predict them nosediving. I did not, but they did. Should they recover? Yes. But Clemson, it doesn't appear you have a seat at the Big Ten or SEC table. Neither does Miami, seemingly. We know this ACC is just uh, it, its just a, a spun-up ordeal that's about to come crashing down. I feel like Bray Yormark is aggressive enough. And aware enough that even if we're going to shift into this, you know, 60, 64-team format, subdivision crap, even if that happens, you need to be in a position of strength. And Clemson and Miami do add that. So if you're left out of that dance, partner, Brett Yomark not only gets to get them, but here's the, the conversation you know has to be happening. Bray mark is on the horn with ESPN, Fox, and whomever asking about revenue, right? You said, Parada, Pr- that if we added Power Five, we'd add more money. We did that with the Four Corner Schools. Shouldn't that not only be applicable again, but I mean, you almost hate to do this, but couldn't you even get Clemson and Miami kind of on the cheap cheap? Clemson for sure. Clemson appears not to have a lot of dancing partners at the ball. So, Bray Goldmark's working in the background. It's just, it, it makes too much sense. Because Clemson cannot end up like Oregon State and Washington State, right? Surely not. Surely not. Well, you tell me. All right, y'all. I appreciate you out on the road today giving it some love go leave us a review if you decided to jump on the youtube side my regulars aka my regulators appreciate you you know i love you that's all we're gonna have for this one right here as always god bless go folks, and thank you for tuning in to make this your first listen you could be anywhere we're so happy that you do in fact choose to be here all righty y'all you know the drill lighter titers